Hello and welcome back to the Couch Strategist, an F1 podcast with me, your host Liam. We are back with another double hitter back-to-back week. We've moved on from Singapore last weekend. We're heading into round 18 in Japan. We're at Suzuka Circuit this week. Um, moving closer towards the end of the season. Uh, lots coming up this weekend. Potentially, the Constructors' Championship could be wrapped up this weekend in Suzuka. Um, but yeah, we're on Friday evening. We've finished all practice, as usual, and here to do a review of Friday's action and looking ahead to the Grand Prix weekend. Um, so as I mentioned, we were in Japan this weekend at Suzuka. Um, obviously raced here last year after a little bit of a break at this famous racetrack after a few years of the pandemic with COVID. Um, but yeah, the racetrack is one of the best in my opinion in terms of classic Formula One track, um, similar to Silverstone has it all. Um, interestingly enough, fact about the track at Suzuka, um, no Japanese driver has ever won their home race at the Suzuka Grand Prix. Um, and this is in 35 different editions of the Japanese Grand Prix. And surprisingly to me, actually, um, I didn't think that that stat was too fascinating as I didn't, couldn't remember offhand too many Japanese Formula One drivers, but there have actually been 22 Japanese drivers who competed in Formula One. Um, and unfortunately none of them have been able to take the top of the podium at their home race. Um, the highest, uh, Japanese driver has ever finished is third. Um, and that was Aguri Suzuki and that was back in 1990. And then a more probably familiar name to many people would be Kumui Kobayashi, um, who finished third for Saba in 2012. Um, and we obviously have now the latest of the Japanese motorsport talents in the field. Um, Yuki actually made his home debut race last year in F1. Um, and that was actually the first Japanese driver to race at Japan or Suzuka since 2014. Oh, since Suzuki's second year at his home race. And I guess speaking of young drivers, um, in the weeks leading up to today and this weekend, we had news of Oscar Piastri signing an extension with McLaren until 2026. Um, we all know kind of the initial contract that Piastri had signed and kind of after all and what happened with him in LP and then signing for McLaren. Um, so there were two very funny moments with this actually. Um, Oscar put out a very kind of satire, sarcastic tweet when it's, when he had released that he had signed for McLaren to confirm on Twitter that he had in fact spoken to the team and they have in fact agreed that he'll be racing until 2026, which I thought was quite funny. Um, and also Oscar Piastri's more surprisingly put out quite a funny tweet as well saying what 2026 we're going to have to do this for a number of years again um which was quite entertaining but really great to see and it's as I said great for F1 as well we've got an amazing pool of young drivers that are committing to the sport McLaren obviously going from strength to strength the team of old coming what looks like on an upward trajectory going forward in Formula 1 so very very exciting um I guess a little bit more focus on the Japanese Grand Prix this weekend. As always, we have, I feel like it's a regular weekly occurrence wherever we go. We have some special helmets this weekend. Um, 
Lewis Hamilton has done a collaboration with a Japanese artist and designer. Uh, we yet to see that helmet after practice today. It seems as though he might run it in qualifying tomorrow and or just the race. Um, and then we've got two kind of Japanese-inspired helmets from Isonoda and Fernando Alonso as well, which I do like indeed. Um, kind of Alonso's one is more towards the samurai strength sort of imagery, which is very, very cool. Um, and probably the best news of the weekend so far is Sebastian Vettel is back at a Formula One track. Um, he joins the paddock, I guess, at Suzuka this weekend, kind of kicking off his ecological project, project um, to promote biodiversity. Um, so it's called Save the Bees. So you would have potentially seen across socials and leading up to this weekend that at turn two, each of the teams got to construct these bee hotels, which is hopefully going to encourage bees to kind of make their home in these bee huts, create their hives there, which will bring hopefully some biodiversity with flowers and other insects. Um, and a lot of the teams and drivers got involved in terms of painting each one of these bee hotels with a little bit of a unique, unique personalization. Um, and then the corners two and three, you'll see that the curbs around these corners are painted black and white to represent the bees, which I think is very, very cool. The spectators around that corner have seemingly dubbed the corner now buzzing corner, um, which is quite cool. And yeah, mentioning early on in the podcast, we spoke about obviously Red Bull having a weekend to forget in Singapore, obviously a very unique track in Singapore wasn't their weekend we now look ahead into japan where more traditionally you would expect the red bull to perform really well not just because it is honda own track but as i said it's a kind of holistic test of the formula one car similar to silverstone quite similar to barcelona where they do testing they often do testing at suzuka as well so we do expect the red bulls to kind of come back through maybe not so much checo perez he's looked not great again but definitely max verstappen we can expect to be back up on top again this weekend. Um, and this weekend, Red Bull can win the Constructors' Championship for 2023. Um, in order for this to happen, they're going to, as a team, need to outscore the Mercedes. And the Ferraris can't outscore the Red Bull team by 24 points. Um, I think this will require one of the Ferraris to DNF touch wood that doesn't happen um, preferably not especially after such a great weekend last weekend um, and it would also kind of expect that Checo Perez come to the party and compete where he just hasn't over the last couple of race weekends and jumping to the sister Red Bull team also at Honda track we have the AlphaTauri um, there's often this running joke as they performed quite well last year but that they kind of AlphaTauri build their car every year to perform best at Suzuka. Um, obviously, having Yuki Tsunoda, there's a lot of expectation and kind of focus and support behind Yuki and the Alpha team along with that, but also a little bit more expectation on their other driver, Liam Lawson. Um, obviously, a rookie in his third race now, third full race. Scored his first points last week at Singapore, which he's the first driver to score his maiden points in F1 at that Grand Prix, which is a impressive feat um but a little bit more expectation on him one with scoring points and at the beginning of this year before coming into f1 he was 
racing um, in Japanese Super Formula around Suzuka. So he's got a little bit more experience of this track, um, especially at those speeds. So maybe a little bit more pressure on Liam Lawson, but he does seem to have a very cool head, calm and collected in all interviews and really enjoying his time with the team. And lastly, going into the weekend, we have Lance Stroll back, um, which is great to see. Unharmed. Don't know how full fitness he is, but back racing got him back in the Aston Martin second seat, which is great to see, especially after such a big crash. We don't want to see any of these drivers out for any periods of time or sustaining any severe injuries. So great to have Lance back. Um, hopefully he can do a little bit better than previous weekends as he has been. And as we, as we spoke before on this podcast, he's been so far off of Fernando Alonso. Um, that Aston Martin has just been outdeveloped by all the other teams. Um, but expect Aston Martin potentially have a little bit more pace this weekend with a more whole-rounded circuit. And on that, we guess, we'll take a quick break and join us back again in a couple of minutes as we review Friday morning. We'll watch it in the afternoon. But Friday, practice one and practice two. Welcome back to the Card Strategists, and we're entering now into the second half of the Japanese Grand Prix preview episode. The second half of the episode where we take a little look at what I saw and what was spoken about during Free Practice 1, Free Practice 2, any kind of big moments that happened. And I guess kicking off, following on from last weekend, we ended the Singapore Grand Prix with a Carlando moment of Carlos and Lando together embracing finishing first and second to have their bromance moments and we started off with a Carlando moment in the first instances of the Japanese Grand Prix as Lando came out the pits with some kind of Flovers aerodynamic paints on his car kind of splashed off and splattered off into the face of Carlos Sainz behind him which I thought was quite fitting as we ended one weekend with them and started it the next one with them as well um there was quite a lot of talk at the beginning of practice just kind of discussing the impeding penalties and what went on in singapore qualifying with everyone looking for space and backing up then to sector three um we'll get into that in a little bit more detail and some outcomes that came on fp2 from that but the fia have brought back this weekend the minimum lap completion time so similar to that in monza the drivers need to get around the circuit during qualifying and cool down laps within a certain time. Um, and this is hopefully to kind of mitigate that of them stopping our third sector, trying to get perfect position and just stopping on the track and impeding other drivers. So we'll see how that works. Um, in FP1 and FP2 today, we saw Borelli introduce some test tires. So a lot of the, there was a lot of action on the track of drivers using four different compounds now this weekend. Um, during practice, and this is actually going to be the medium tire for next year. So, so practice running compound tires for the drivers to test out. Um, and yeah, nothing too much to report from FP1. Um, as expected, the Red Bull seemed to come back. Well, Max Verstappen's at least. Um, 
the in terms of going out in the softer tires, the McLarens left it super late in the session, um, as they were running with test tires most of the session. Um, and both Oscar Piastri and Lando Norris looked really, really quick in FP1. Um, Norris ended up putting it on P3. Um, Oscar, not so much. Uh, now that he's got those upgrades on both cars, should be a little bit close to Lando, we expect this weekend, but had a little bit of a messy lap. Um, still getting to grips with Suzuka as being a rookie this year. And I guess to wrap up FP1, on the top six, we had Max back on top, as expected. Carlos in second, Lando Norris in third, Charles Leclerc in fourth. So kind of as expected, top four. Got the Red Bull, the Ferrari, and the McLaren all in the mix there. We had Yuki Tsunoda up in fifth, which I think was just a bit of an outlier due to a timing of his lap. And then the Wiley Fox, Fernando Alonso, um, in sixth as well, showing that he's always there and thereabouts, that Aston could potentially have something. Um, no Mercedes in kind of the top half. In, with this, They didn't actually do a soft run, so in classic kind of Mercedes style, um, they were running out of sync to everybody. Could this mean they're saving a tyre for the race again like they did last weekend? We'll have to wait and see. Um... Similarly to FP1, FP2, the second session, quiet start, nothing really happened. I mean, it took about 15, 20 minutes to get some action. We had a classic, another impeding moment of Carlos Sainz. Um, kind of came out flying around corners one and two around the B hotels, and Carlos had kind of just planted his car there. Don't think anything will come out of that. Um, the discussions around these impedings in practice would now potentially going forward just be warnings and then a qualifying more stricter penalties i think um the drivers then got into their qualifying simulation laps uh lando again looked really really quick charles leclerc looked really strong as well um carlos Sainz was also in the mix but looked as though charles kind of had the edge in his teammates in both practice one and practice two in the quality sims maybe Carlos' good performances in the last couple of races kind of spurred Charles on to kick it up a little bit. And I think seeing last weekend with Carlos qualifying ahead, getting preference, Charles getting a little bit sacrificed for Carlos, he kind of realizes now he needs to qualify ahead of his teammate to kind of get the preference in the race to kind of fight for those wins again. Um, Kind of the biggest controversial talking moment of the session was we had Bernie and Karun speaking about how going back to the impeding and Max Verstappen not getting a penalty last week for what everyone thought was a blatant hand-meet-out penalty for impeding Yuki Tsunoda. Um, apparently one of the stewards as part of the independent board of the FIA who was in Japan, who was part of that decision to not penalize Max, was here at, was here at Singapore this weekend and in the driver conference or the driver briefing, they came forward and admitted that they had made a mistake, that when reviewing it again, they should have handed Max a penalty. Um which we all know, so that opens a whole avenue of, is it because it's Max Verstappen? At least they're admitting their mistake now. Can't really retrospectively go back and change that. So hopefully, and as all the fans and drivers as well want, just we want some consistency around the implementation of penalties around impeding and affecting drivers. And to wrap up, practice on a Friday it wouldn't be Formula 1 2023 Friday practice without a red flag um, we had another driver put it into the barriers uh, this time being Pierre Gasly um, 
so set up a nice repair job for his team late on a Friday evening uh, when the Alpines didn't look that great, to be honest. So that's just another setback to their race weekend. And similarly to FP1, wrap up the top six. We had Max Verstappen on top again, Charles Leclerc, Pipping, Lando and Carlos, who were in third and fourth. And then now with the Mercedes putting on the soft tire, George Russell was back up in the mix again. Lewis, as last week in Singapore, seems slightly more fit. Not too sure what's going on, but we'll see how tomorrow turns out with qualifying. We know Lewis can always pull out a banging lap. And as an FP1, Fernando Alonso in sixth place again. So seemingly hanging on to those front three teams. So potentially looking like an exciting weekend ahead again with both Ferraris involved, potentially both McLarens involved, hoping both Mercedes involved. Looks like it's probably just going to be Max involved with the Red Bulls. Checo looks nowhere again. And then throw Alonso in the mix again. Looks like we could potentially have another good weekend of racing as Max doesn't seem to be pulling away from the Ferraris as much as they do seem to be a little bit closer. So as great as it was last weekend, having a Ferrari win and some fighting, we would love to see a Ferrari or a McLaren or a Mercedes win with Max in the mix. Um, so it's exciting looking ahead. And I guess on that note, speaking of Saturday and the race on Sunday and that battle between Max and the rest of the trailing pack, predictions for the week. I'm not going to go as bold as last week as I'm going to quit while I was ahead and not jump away from the curve too much. I expect Max Verstappen to be back on pole again. Um, as we said, Red Bull, traditionally very strong at Suzuka. They look like they're back on the pace. And it's not often that Red Bull don't learn from their mistakes and come back firing. Um, so Max Verstappen on pole. In terms of the podium on Sunday, um, I'm going to go Lando P3. Again, that McLaren looks very quick. Lando looks like he's got a very cool head on him. He's got to grips with the car. He just looks so comfortable. And backing Lando for a back-to-back podium. Um, in P2 on Sunday, not Carlos Sainz this week. I'm going to go for Charles Leclerc. One, personal reasons. I want him to be back. I want him to be fighting. I want it to be him back in the mix again. Um, and I do think, or I hope at least he'll use the last few weeks of being behind his teammates as a bit of motivation to kind of push that. And then back to the classic prediction, uh, P1, Max Verstappen. Uh, I do just think he will be too strong in that car and not want to have beat last week or finishing so low again. And lastly, uh, the wild card event of the weekend. Not so wild, I guess, but I'm going to go with Lance Stroll to get a good points finish and not just a tenth to get one point, but potentially be a lot closer to his teammate Fernando and fighting for those last few seventh, eighth, ninth position potentially in the race and no real valid reasoning or data behind it's just a feeling a gut feel and we saw at the beginning of the year Lance perform best when he had a broken finger and a broken hand so I'm gonna go he just come up with a big crash and an injury so he's gonna perform his best um wild science yeah so that's the wild card pick of the week and then to kind of fuel us for the weekend, as always, the Sunday tasty treat. This weekend, we're going with some Mexican quesadillas. So some bacon relish and cheesy Mexican quesadillas with some creme fraiche or sour cream 
mixed with something as a dipping sauce on the side yet to decide um but that will all come together before the weekend and as always those will be up on socials uh, the recipe pictures if you do want to try those yourself for a nice race weekend snack and as always thank you for the support if anyone wants to get in touch please reach out to us on our email the at gmail.com or on twitter and instagram send me some of your predictions any feedback about the podcast and yeah we'll be back again on sunday evening post race to unpack and break down the events but until then have a great weekend enjoy qualifying tomorrow see you soon cheers for now